TII item 342, March 29th, 2015, iOS 8.3, Beta 4. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash TII and using promo code TII. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. Start your free 10-day trial. Visit lynda.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is Today in iOS Podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending the music here in the background. Jeff wrote, I Rob made this song called Tomorrow with my iPhone 4S using the GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, JeffJ. Thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Jack for sending in the artwork for today's show. Jack had the following to say. Hey, Rob, with this image I started in iDraw on the iPad Air making a blue background texture and a gradient and a few cloud shapes. I then exported the background from iDraw to my camera roll and opened it in Pixelmator. I then imported two iPhone 6 images and set to the layers to multiply and reduce the transparency. See if you can identify the two images in the final artwork. Next, I exported the Pixelmator image to the camera roll and brought it back into iDraw. In iDraw, I added the text with a drop shadow and added a highlight and dark edges to create depth. I punched four holes through the background image by creating white circles with an inner shadow. That's how I created the artwork on the iPad. Pixelmator is an okay app on the iPad, but is much better on the Mac. iDraw, however, is fantastic on both platforms. I really enjoy iDraw. It's easier to use, and the iOS version has nearly all the features as the OS X version. Regards, Jack R. Well, Jack, thanks again for sending in the artwork. And folks, you can see Jack's artwork in the free TII app via the bonus button for episode 342, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music that you have created on an iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And I'm down to just two songs in my queue. So if you have some music you've created on an iOS device, please, please, please send it in. In this segment of How Wrong Were They? We have the following quote, quote, by copying the work of others, Apple seems to admit it has fallen behind competitors. By this fall, their product will have more features and the new features may cause confusion. The new features bring with them design languages originally from Mego, Android, and BlackBerry. Apple users not familiar with how Android and BlackBerry operating systems work may be confused by how their iDevices no longer respond the same way." Unquote. Transcend Asset Seeking Alpha, 5th of June, 2014. Huh? I mean, really? Huh? What the heck is he talking about? It really seems the only one confused are him and all those reading what he said. Per iDevices users being confused? Um, no, not so much as we just witnessed by the 74 million iPhones sold last quarter. Just saying. For promo codes, on episode 341, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Orbital Platform Defense. We'll be giving out those this week. For more info on this app, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 341. For promo codes this week, we have promo codes for the app DeskCalc. Two words. Here is the written review from the dev. DeskCalc is the modern version of a traditional adding machine while calculating Figures, DeskCalc keeps a complete history for you. See your current calculations and any values stored in memory right under the main display. Swipe up and see a full listing of all previous calculations. DeskCalc also allows you to save records in an archive, which you can then later view, edit, or even bring back 
to the main screen to do add to. Tap the calculations display for the A list feature, such as the ability to email records, message, copy, or to change the background skin. DeskCalc is 99 cents in the App Store. Thank you for considering for all your basic calculator needs. Thanks to Darren for sending in his written review of his app, DeskCalc, and for sending in the 20 promo codes to give away. That's right, 20. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put desk in the subject line. And since there are so many promo codes, I am just going to do this on a first-come, first-served basis. So get the requests in early on this one. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And if your native language is in English, go ahead and send me in the written review instead of the recorded review. In the news, iOS 8.3 beta 4 was released last week. The biggest changes, other than bug fixes, were revolved first around the updating of the emojis. As mentioned previously, some people were not happy with the industry standard emojis that Apple had used and called them racist. So Apple made some changes. Apple's been tweaking them and now also makes it easier to select different versions of the emoji by tapping and holding to show the different versions of the people emojis. The emoji keyboard also now shows recently added as a default. Beta 4 also adds iMessage filtering to separate messages sent from unknown senders. And Beta 4 removed the beta label from iCloud Photo Library. Siri also gets expanded voice commands, including queries to initiate calls over a speakerphone. And there is now where you can skip the password for free app downloads. Speculation about when iOS 8.3 goes gold is now starting up with some saying beta 4 is the last of the betas for 8.3, and it should go gold around April 22nd. Others say that there is one more beta, and the release of the 8.3 Goldmaster will be in early May-ish time frame, uh, followed by uh, a beta for 8.4. Either way, it's safe to say uh, it will be live before June, as Apple will be having WWDC in early June, and they will likely release the beta for iOS 9 at WWDC, if past year's actions repeat this year, that is. Hello, Rob. Just a quick post on my testing with iOS 8.3 beta. It appears the Y-Fried is solved. I haven't had any issues jumping onto Wi-Fi or maintaining a connection, and AirDrop seems to work as expected, finally. On the other hand, while the app uh, Mac ID works for me, my preferred auto unlock app, uh, Near Lock, is not working on 8.3 beta. Uh, regards, Francisco T. Well, Francisco, thanks for the feedback. And it sounds like from others, some of the bug squashing in 8.3 beta 4 is around the known bugs in support of CarPlay and compatibility issues between Apple Pay and China Union Pay Network, that is. Shall we talk Apple TV? Yes, we shall. And some new tiles, or is it channels, or apps, or whatever you want to call them. There were a few new ones added this past week. First up, Apple added TED Talks, Taste Made, and Young Hollywood. There are over 1,900 TED Talks available. For those not familiar, those are sometimes very interesting, other times completely self-absorbed talks by people who are sometimes notable and other times not so much, covering topics that are broadly vague to specifically obscure. Oh, and sometimes very interesting. Think of TED Talks like a box of chocolate, where 90% of the box is coconut and the other 10% is raspberry nougat. The way uh, to know who to avoid at a dinner party, by the way, is the person that starts the conversation, yesterday I saw the most interesting TED Talk on. Avoid that person like the plague. If TED Talks are not to your taste, then maybe Tastemade Channel is. It serves up original content about food and travel. But I'm not sure if there is any content about traveling with food. You'll have to find out. Let me know. And finally, there is Young Hollywood. 
This is just interviews with waiters and waitresses in L.A. Oh, wait, sorry. It's a channel devoted to music, culture, and the young Hollywood lifestyle. So wait, yes, it is about waiters and waitresses in L.A. And those were not the only additions for the week. The day after those were added, Apple also added CNN Go, which is a channel for viewing live and on-demand news on the go via your Apple TV, which is tethered to your TV, which is tethered to your wall. And by go, we mean go and sit in your chair and watch this. This is, however, the first foray of CNN onto Apple TV. And when it comes to providing news content on Apple TV, CNN only trails ABC News, Bloomberg TV, CBS News, and CNBC News, PBS, Sky News, The Weather Channel, The Wall Street Journal Live, and some guy on Vimeo with a camera pointed at an overpass that clips off the tops of trucks. So yeah, CNN was all over Apple TV like a duck on a Cheeto. By the way, CNN Go requires that you have a cable provider where you're getting CNN. Okay, for all these new Apple TV channels, how many of you actually use Apple TV for anything other than Netflix? And a raise of hands says, oh, that's not too many. Yeah, for most of you, 60 plus channels on Apple TV means, well, nothing. But if you are someone that uses more than just Netflix, but not much more, Getting some of the stranger and more obscure channels like the Albanian body surfing and backswaxing channel out of the way may be something you want to do. You can either move it or a similar channel to the bottom of the list. You do that by moving the select box to the channel that you want to move and then pushing and holding the main round button. That's the big one. Once it starts wobbling, that's the channel you want to move, not the remote. Move it where you want to by using the arrows on the remote. But sometimes, just the thought of the Albanian body surfing and backswaxing channel is too much to bear, and you need to delete it or really hide that channel. To do that, again, select the icon you want to hide. Once it starts wobbling, press the play pause button to activate the submenu of options and then select hide this item. You can also go to the settings app inside the Apple TV and select main menu and then go to the list of all the channels and change the setting from show, which means it's being shown, to hide, which means it's being hidden. That is the faster method for hiding multiple channels. I am curious. Let me know, other than Netflix and YouTube, what channels do you watch on Apple TV? And how many do you regularly watch? 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. We are very happy to have Casper back as a sponsor. Casper is an online retailer and manufacturer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price you are used to paying. Have you ever purchased a mattress by sitting on it for just a few minutes at a store, only later to regret it? That happened for us while my oldest son's mattress, and we thought we purchased a good one, but oh my, we learned we did not. We would lay down with him to get him to go to sleep, and as we tried to get up, we would hear he would hear us because the mattress would just be squeaking and pinging. It was very, very frustrating. We were stuck with that mattress. However, with Casper, you get a 100 days risk-free trial period. You don't like it? Get your money back, and they come and pick it up and donate it to charity. That said, the mattress they sent is great and is definitely not going back. It's actually well past 100 days now. It is a mix of latex foam and memory foam. No noisy springs to wake up your kids or a significant other when you get out of bed to sneak some Girl Scout cookies from the pantry. Here is why I really love this mattress. When we received our Casper mattress for my son, the first three nights he slept through the whole night. The last time he slept three nights in a row through the whole night, yeah, that would be never, not even in the womb. Casper did an incredible job on their engineering and the feel of the mattress. As they say, just the right sink, just the right bounce. The nights I record episodes, uh, the boys go sleep with mom. So when I am done, I can sleep on his bed now. And my back is not at all out of whack in the morning. But just as important as quality is pricing, and the pricing is really great. Twin mattresses are just $500. They also have Twin XL for $600, full size for $750, Queen for $850, and then King and California Kings for 950 
That is less than half the price my parents paid for their king-size mattress, and they can't stand theirs. Like I said, you have 100 days to return it risk-free, and if you go to casper.com slash TII and then use promo code TII, you will save $50 off those prices. This is an American-made mattress with delivery right now for the U.S. and Canada only, and it is free delivery. When said mattress is delivered, it is from UPS. It's in a squarish box that you think there is no way there is a mattress in there, but you get a cool little tool to cut open the package, and the mattress opens up and expands to form. So make sure you do that in the room you want to use it. As they say, you spend a third of your life in bed. Okay, maybe more if you have an Apple TV and Netflix in the bedroom. And for the cost of an iPad, is it not worth getting the best night's sleep possible? And that is what you will get with Casper or what your kids will get. Again, save $50 off of the prices I mentioned. Go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase on the promo code. Again, casper.com slash TII, promo code TII to save $50. Thanks, Casper, for the great mattress for my son and for sponsoring this show. Hey, how's it going, Rob? Uh, this is Dave from California. Uh, I was just calling in because uh, I, I've, I've listened to your show a lot, and there's a, a feature in 8.1.3 that I, I haven't heard you uh, give much attention to. I believe it's in accessibility. If you tap three fingers on the screen, it brings up this magnifying glass that you're able to scroll across the screen to make uh, images larger. Uh, let's say if you're on a, on a web page or you're in a text, let's say just a text because, you know, you can, you can zoom in on a web page. But if you're in a text and you tap the three fingers on the screen, it brings up this magnifying glass that helps you make things larger, whatever a magnifying glass uh, would do. So I just thought I can uh, just give everyone that heads up, that feature that's there in 8.1.3. Uh, I believe it's also there in 8.2 because I updated, but then downgraded because I am a jailbreaker, and hopefully I get a new jailbreak tool. So thanks for the show, and um, thanks for listening. Bye. Hi, Dave. Thanks for the voicemail message. This is actually something that has been in iOS 8 since the beta of the original iOS 8.0. And there's different things you can do. You can do it a, a full zoom of the screen, or you can do a windowed zoom, which you're mentioning. So if you go into accessibilities and then zoom and make sure they're turned on, and then go down to zoom region, you can either switch it to be full screen zoom or window zoom. So what you were talking about there is the window zoom, which is kind of the magnifying glass. And that's done with a, a single triple tap. So three fingers tap on the screen um, brings that up. That's also something to remember because a lot of times people have that turned on and don't realize it and then they, their screen's up and they can't figure out how it got so zoomed in. So if you're not going to use that, make sure you go to accessibilities and zoom and turn zoom off. But yeah, that, that's been there since iOS 8.0 back on beta 3. I think we talked about it back in the notes back on episode 314. But uh, thanks again for mentioning it because it is good to mention that accessibility feature, we haven't mentioned it since July of last year. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I'm in the process of remodeling a room in my house as a bar, and sometimes I really want to get a jukebox in it that is compatible with an iPhone or an iPad via Bluetooth or HomeKit. I've been searching online and haven't been too successful in finding exactly what I want. I was hoping you or your listeners would have an idea on where to find one, that is similar to the Touch Tunes Jukebox, such as having its own touchscreen and the ability to select my iTunes match of my iOS device via the Jukebox itself. I am willing to settle for one that I would have to dock my iOS device on, but I'm trying to find a better solution. Any help is greatly appreciated. Thanks for the show. Regards, Jason H., if anyone can make a recommendation for Jason, please email to us at todayinios at gmail.com or call it in to 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Been Today in iPhone, now iOS listener for years, right from the start. Thanks for the great advice sprinkled with good humor. Most important to me has been all the info about dealing with updates and how each one fixes this or that. 
I use your Sage advice contained in your PDF on how to do the various updates. And I have a time-saving step for those of us who use iTunes and a computer for syncing, backing up their devices. I begin with the download of the update before starting step one. Then I can work in parallel to do the rest of the steps while the update is downloading. Depending on the size of the download, some people with fast cable modems might save 10 minutes, but those with slower DSL services could save 30 minutes. Just a thought, unless you see a potential risk of doing this in parallel. Regards, keep up the good work. Paul G. in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Well, Paul, thanks for the advice. I don't see any downside to doing that. It does save you some time. So again, take Paul's advice and, and get that download, but just say download now and upgrade later. Don't do the download and upgrade at the same time. So you, you want to choose that download, um, just download now option. Hey, Rob. Uh, this is Ron Larkford from Hubbard, Ohio. Uh, and this message is for Mike from San Jose, uh, California. Uh, in your Spotify problem, I would ask, have you tried uh, uninstalling the uh, application and reinstalling it? Perhaps that would solve the uh, Spotify problem. I have seen a lot of apps uh, that uh, have issues and become unstable, and oftentimes just uh, removing them and then going and reinstalling them will refresh the app and then things will work right. Uh, it could be a case of uh, you know, corruption. Okay, well, that's all I got on it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ron, thanks for that advice. That's advice I sometimes give out to people that are having issues with the TII app, where... If they go to open it, and all of a sudden it just crashes. You try to open it and crashes. Open it and crashes. That happens sometimes after some updates. Uh, and I'll just say to people, go ahead and delete it on your iOS device and then reinstall it directly onto the iOS device. Don't try to install it or reinstall it from the computer because it could be a corrupted version on the computer itself. Do the download directly to the iOS device. And that for the TII app, whenever there's an issue, where trying to launch it causes it to immediately crash, that seems to fix it. We are now over 2,000 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came out was from Mark Henry, who said the following, quote, If you have an old iOS device that doesn't hold a charge anymore, you may want to consider wiping off the dust and put it to use. I recently revived my iPhone 4S from the dead with a new battery and back glass, which had been cracked. It holds a charge like the first day it was purchased and it looks great again. Resources include iFixit and iPhone 4 parts. That's the number four. So iPhone4parts.com, unquote. And I mentioned that because that post reminded me that my son's iPhone 4S screen was cracked and his battery was not lasting close to as long as it should. So I went to iFixit and ordered a new battery for the 4S, which now was just $24.95. And then I then used the code FIXIT2015, one word, FIXIT2015, and saved $5, which is also what uh, the shipping cost was. So it was like getting free shipping. I don't get anything if you use that code. It's just one I happen to find through a Google search. Next, I went to iPhone4Parts.com and ordered a replacement screen as they have replacement screens for just $15. And I could get a blue one, which is my son's favorite color. Uh, they offered free shipping. So for my son's birthday, part of his gifts that he's requested was a new screen. And now he's also getting a new battery for his iPhone 4S. So as long as I don't destroy it, replacing the screen and the battery for $40 and a couple of hours of work, which he's going to help me with, he should be a very happy camper with his new refurbished iPhone 4S. I'll let you know how the service goes with both of those uh, vendors in the future episode and the quality of the screen and the battery life as well. Thanks, Mark, for that post as it reminded me to get those items ordered. And since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Thanks to Skip for this next one, which is another poll about those interested in getting an Apple Watch. This one said 40% of adult iPhone owners in the U.S. are interested in buying an Apple Watch. Well, actually, this is an extension 
of the poll that I mentioned in the last episode. At that point, the poll was for 1,200 people. Now they have it up to 2,500 people. The results are close to the same, 24% overall expressing an interest in purchasing the Apple Watch, and that includes 10% that are very interested. And then when you look at the iPhone owners, it is about 40% of those interested in buying an Apple Watch and 17% very interested. In any case, there seems to be a lot of people interested or very interested in buying an Apple Watch now, which is before anyone really can get their wrists under one. Will be interesting to see if those numbers change after April 10th when people start pay, uh, playing around with them in the Apple stores. Going from surveys about the Apple Watch to rumors of said device, there was a post in Business Insider titled Apple Watch has had issues at every stage of development because, you know, no new products ever have problems at every stage of development. That is kind of why there are stages. Anyway, This article had your typical sources, quote, familiar with, unquote, Apple and their logistics. One source said that Apple may have cut initial shipments in half. Essentially, these sources are saying supplies will be tight at launch. Hmm. Brand new category of product from Apple and supplies might be tight at launch. Wow. Didn't see that one coming. I mean, unless, you know, you look back at the launch of all the other new Apple products over time and realize they also were restricted in supply at launch. As I said on previous episodes, expect supplies to remain tight on the Apple Watch through the summer. If you know that you want an Apple Watch and you know you want it day one of availability, then don't wait for your appointment to try one on. Order it on April 10th. When pre-orders start, go online now and figure out exactly which one you want and get ready for April 10th to place that order as soon as you can. For everyone else, take your time. Make sure the Apple Watch is really for you. It is not cheap, especially once you get past the base models, but then you're moving into jewelry and not technology. But again, make sure it's something you want if you're not Take the time to research it, play with it, get a feel for it before you purchase it. Thanks to Dr. John and others for this next one, which talks about the Apple Store experience with regards to the Apple Watch. First note, on April 10th, Apple Stores will have Apple Watches for you to try on. 15 minutes per person. An appointment is required. Well, highly recommended, and if, if all the appointments are booked, then you, it is required. So in the early days, just assume it's required. If they have some open spots, maybe they can slip you in. Now, you can't even book an appointment until April 10th. So you can't right now go and book your appointment for April 10th to try the Apple Watch. You can't do that until April 10th. Again, 15 minutes is it, unless you want to look at the Apple Watch edition. You know the $10,000 plus version, then they give you 30 minutes. So again, April 10th is when you can make your appointment to check out the Apple Watch in person, and you do need set appointment. Well, most likely will need set appointment at pretty much every Apple store for the first week or so. If you do get an appointment at an Apple store between April 10th and 24th, and you go and you try on the Apple Watch, and you play with it, make sure to call into the show with your thoughts and feedback. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or email in to todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know which way you were leaning before trying it on. Heck, call the show before you go in, and then call the show after you walk out of the store. Tell me your feelings afterwards. What your thoughts are, which way you're leaning. It's really going to be interesting to see which way the wrist under experience with the Apple Watch pushes people, especially with just 15 minutes of time allowed per person. Thanks to Eric B. and many, many others for this next one which is a rumor that you know I'm just going to have to buy into hook, line, and sinker. It is that come WWDC, Apple will introduce a new Apple TV, and it will have an app store. And at WWDC, they will release the dev kit for it. This rumor comes from John Pazokowski uh, with BuzzFeed, formerly with Recode, formerly All Things D, and he is someone that has, well, was, quote, plugged in, unquote, 
with uh, new news out of Cupertino when they needed to, well, leak said news early. What John said is to expect an updated exterior design for the Apple TV and a greatly updated internal with an A8 chip or some variant of the A8, a big increase uh, from 8 gigabytes currently on board, the now $69 version for storage, expect that to go up to 32 gigs or more, and a greatly improved OS that will support Siri voice control for Apple TV via the remote. Plus, of course, it will work with HomeKit-enabled devices, likely becoming the hub for HomeKit. No word yet on pricing, but it's safe to say $99 would be the min price to expect. And if Apple keeps the $69 current Apple TV on the market, don't be surprised to see the price at $199. My speculation on pricing there, not John's. Speaking of WWDC, based on some leaked info for time booked at the Moscone Center, WWDC this year looks to be the week of June 8th. Tickets for WWDC, which we used to talk about selling out in a couple of months and then became weeks, then became days, then became hours, then became minutes. Well, last year they went to a lottery. Expect the same thing this year and expect Apple to announce details for the lottery, if not this week, uh, probably then the following week. So it's going to be sometime here in the next couple weeks that Apple will be giving more information about WWDC, confirming the date and when to get the tickets or how to get the tickets. Hi, Rob. I've never taken any of the Apple Car rumors seriously. I thought that the idea of Apple in the auto industry was ridiculous. This article has me reducing some of my skepticism. P.S. I've been using and loving an app called Launcher by Cromulent Labs. It is a widget that allows iOS 8 users to run apps from the notification center. The basic app is free with a $3 in-app purchase that allows you to add more apps as well as adjust the size. It doesn't support all apps, but there is quite a good mix. I have 18 of my most used apps available for the Ready in Notification Center. That's the Max with the Pro version. I really like this. Also, I reached out to the devs because uh, running it on the iPad Air doesn't do landscape, and iCloud syncing might be useful. I got a prompt response indicating that these two items were in the pipeline. Regards, Bob H. on Ontario. Well, Bob, first, thanks for... Heads up there on Launcher that it's back in the App Store. So folks, check that out. And then per the article Bob was talking about, Bob, thanks for the link, by the way. The article is titled, Apple's Drive for World Auto Dominance Spooks the Industry. And it is a nice, long article and does make some very good points. Do I think Apple will develop an Apple car, for lack of a better name? Well, the hiring they're doing does point in that direction. Previous rumors about Project Titan seem to indicate it. But developing and manufacturing are two different things. It is possible Apple did all these hires to just get a much better understanding of the auto industry and how they can get their electronics and OS into cars made by others. But some of the hires, like the ones for battery design, do point more toward Apple someday getting into the electric car market to take on Tesla and BMW in that space. I just need to ask this. What size sticker is going to come with an Apple car? Thanks to Martin for this next one, which is about the new Sammy Galaxy S6, which comes with 56 apps pre-installed, of which you cannot delete and remove them from your phone, which is actually different than what Sammy originally said would be possible. Note there may be some ways to actually uninstall the apps, but it seems they are a little more tech-intensive, not something very easy to do, but users can more easily disable them. Still, it's a lot of apps pre-installed. Most of the bloatware are not Sammy apps, but apps Sammy is getting a kickback to install on said device. Sweet. I really uh, would not be giving Sammy a hard time about their 56 mostly bloatware apps if at least one of them was a podcast aggregator app. Shame on you, Sammy. But all of this really got me thinking and asking myself, how many native apps are there now on iOS 8.2 when you buy a device that has 8.2 installed? And it looks to be around 31 apps that you cannot uninstall, which is much less than 56 apps for Sammy. 
I also think there's a big difference in Ada, Apple's native apps, which are you know all made by Apple, where the apps on the Galaxy S6 are not all made by Sammy, and mostly not made by Sammy, and many are pay for placement to Sammy. Still, 31 apps is a lot more than with the original iPhone, and that's not counting apps that you want to install right away, like Find My iPhone, GarageBand, Pages, Numbers, and Keynote, which you can still delete once you do install them. Which is why, when I think about this, getting 16-gig version of an iOS device, as I've said many times, does not make sense. Today, you need, as a minimum, 64-gig to go, and I recommend recommend going another 100 bucks and getting 128 gig. You'll be happy a couple of years from now that you did, especially if you're getting an iPad. Hey, Rob, this is Jonathan from New Orleans, just calling to let you and your listeners know, in case you hadn't heard, that the app launcher has recently been reinstated to the App Store, and it's Widget, which allows you to uh, do all like launch certain apps or call specific people has been re-allowed by Apple, and it's really great. It's free as well, so if there's anyone out there who was looking for this sort of functionality for a widget, it is back, and it is awesome. Love the show. Good luck with the podcast awards. Bye. Jonathan, thanks for the feedback on the Launcher app, and thank you for the comment about the podcast awards, and I just want to thank everybody that voted for Today in iOS in the nomination process and then in the actual award process so thanks, everyone, for that. The podcast awards shut down on the 24th of March, so no more voting is needed. And sorry about the everyday voting, but I do appreciate everyone that did go and vote multiple times for Today in iOS. Your votes are greatly appreciated. I'll let you know in April how we did. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I sure regret upgrading my iPhone 6 to 8.2 last night. Now when I connect the phone to my car's Infinity G35 iPod connector, it cannot play audio anymore. All I see is there is no song shown on the car display. The music is playing on a device, but no sound is coming out. Once I unplug, the audio is working again. Also, car recognizes the device is connected and the iPhone is charging. Any help? I checked and it's too late to downgrade to 8.1.3 so by being cautious i missed that train is there some way to downgrade still thanks for all you do alex from walnut creek california alex i'm sorry to hear that if anyone else is having this problem and it does sound like some others are having this problem if anyone's found a solution since updating to 8.2 where they uh, lost the connectivity in the car let us know but it sounds like uh the 8.3 beta maybe the solution so it's not like you may be stuck until 8.3 comes out to get that feature and functionality back but again if anyone knows a solution here for alex give us a call 206-666-6364 that's 206-moon-dog or send an email to today ios at gmail.com from the google plus community from myron euchre has anybody else seen high cellular data usage lately possibly since the 8.2 upgrade I'm not sure if it's up from something I changed, like switching to optimized photos, but I got notified by T-Mobile today that I had used up my entire standard allotment and my plan that just started. When I looked at cellular data on my device, I see that documents and sync under system services is where using most of my cellular data, it is the same for both my iPhone and my iPad. Help. So, uh, I can tell you um, when he posted here on the 23rd of March, I went ahead and I reset my data usage. And between the 23rd and the 27th, four full days, my total data usage was 320 megabytes. That's it. So at least for me, I'm not seeing a lot of data usage for cellular data using well this update since it came out. Seems most people replying are seeing my type of data usage, which is basically no change. But one other person did say they saw an increase in data usage since 8.2 was installed. How is your data usage since iOS 8.2 was installed? Give us a call, 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or email us at todayinios at gmail.com. Let us know what kind of data usage you're getting in a typical week since 8.2 was installed. Rob, 
Just wondering if you are getting any complaints about battery life since the latest update to iOS 8.2. My battery life has been horrible since I've updated. I mean, really bad. I also own a Pebble watch and this battery drain also came after their latest update. I understand you own a Pebble as well and was wondering if you are having any battery issues as well. Regards, Doug in Cincinnati. Doug, sorry to say, I am not seeing any issues like this and I'm not getting any other emails about this. You may want to go and look at your settings, make sure you got the normal things turned off, uh, make sure you don't have the little triangle for loca uh, location services turned on, something's not always pinging location services, that'll drain your battery. Make sure you have AirDrop turned off and other features. Go into the TII app and look in the PDFs for the one that talks about all the different tips you can do to save battery life and make sure all those settings are set. It's possible when 8.2 was installed on your device, one of those settings, one of the battery draining settings was turned back on. So again, go in the TII app, tap on the PDFs in their episodes, and then find the one for battery saving tips and just go through there and make sure your settings look good. Some more feedback on 8.2. This one from Jim S. And he says, since upgrading to 8.2, an incoming FaceTime call does not wake up my sleeping iPod Touch. Previous versions worked fine. And I, I saw similar complaints from other people out there on that as well. Hi, Rob. This is Rick from East Haven, Connecticut. Um, I just did the update to 8.2. I wanted to give you my feedback. Uh, everything seemed fine, but I noticed when I use Siri, some of the features are disabled, particularly... When you ask uh, for certain information, it could be sports scores or definition. It doesn't read things back to you like it used to. So I think that's some kind of glitch in the new one. Just wanted to see if you or your listeners had any problems with that and wanted to give you my two cents. Okay, thanks for all that you do. Bye. Rick, I hadn't noticed that, but here, I'm going to do a quick test. What was the score of the ladies' Dayton Flyers game? Dayton defeated Louisville in the NCAA tournament by a score of 82 to 66 yesterday. Well, at least for me, it seems to be working fine. And by the way, congrats, Lady Flyers. But if anyone else out there is having an issue like Rick's, let us know, especially if you had an issue like Rick's when you updated 8.2 and then were able to fix it. Let us know what you did to fix it. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob, I backed this one so I can buy the sport and add any band I want. Super great price and very communicative staff. Regards, Ian from West Virginia. And this one that Ian is talking about is the Click in Kickstarter, which is an Apple Watch Band adapter. This lets you use any 22 millimeter band, watch band with the Apple Watch. They had a goal of $30,000. They are over double that now, so congrats to those guys. You have until April 17th at 5.35 p.m. Central Time to fund this one which will cost you $12. Delivery of these adapters is scheduled now for May 2015. Search for click in kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 342 at todayinios.com or in the TII app. Hi, Rob. This looks like a great idea to me. What say you? Regards, Robert P. And what Robert P. is talking about is the ADAPT, spelled A-D-A-P-P-T, over at indiegogo.com. And it is basically the same thing as the click, except they have not reached a goal yet, which is 50K, and they have only raised 13K so far. You have until about April 24th to fund this one, or you can go with the click as they were already funded, and, and you know for sure you're getting your project, or well, have a good idea that you're getting it. You're getting charged at least. They have uh, the Adapt people have a plastic version that's $9 and an aluminum version that's $29, which I guess is why Click is funded at $12 and they are not at $29. Um, but hey, the Adapt does have a gold and rose gold Apple Watch Edition version for $3,450. So, you know, if you want to plunk down $10,000 plus for an Apple Watch Edition and none of the Apple Watch bands do it for you, or you just want to get a cheap one, because, yeah, you want to save money, uh, you can then plunk down another $3,450 to allow you to use any third-party bands that are 22 millimeters that you want or not. Either way you go, click um, or adapt or some other. It's safe to say 
that there will be many third-party options for you, for your band, for the Apple Watch, beyond what is already on the Apple website or already in Kickstarter Indiegogo. So you may just want to get the Apple Watch Sport with the basic band and then look around for the perfect band for your tastes later on or really get any Apple Watch and just the basic band and then get the better bands later on. And one of those other bands may come from somebody like Casetify. And they have an option for you to print your own custom image on the watch band. So you can upload your own images for the watch band for each side, and they will print you a custom band for you. I was thinking of taking a photo of my wrist and then get the watch band printed to look like my wrist. So it would give the illusion that the Apple Watch is floating on my wrist. Too geeky? Anyway, there's a link in the show notes that takes you to case, Casetify. It is a referral link, which means if you do purchase from them, I get 10 bucks. Because, well, they made it really easy for me to sign up and get that link. Look for the link, Casetify, custom Apple Watch straps in the show notes for episode 342. And if you do get a custom one, let me know what you did. And what do you think of my idea of taking a picture of your own wrist and making that the case, the, the watch band? To me, that sounds kind of cool. This episode is brought to you by Linda, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Linda is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, build a website, or boost your Photoshop skills. Go to lynda.com slash TII and feed your curious mind. Some of the courses I think many of you will find a benefit are iPhone and iPad Security Fundamentals by Nick Braz, iPhone and iPad Photography with iOS 8 by Sean Duggan, Getting Started with MakerBot 3D Printers by Casey Holdgrum because you need to make the new stands and cases for your Apple Watch and iOS devices. I just finished taking the Linda course, MailChimp Fundamentals by Virginia O'Connor, as I'm starting to work on some mailing lists for advice for podcasters. And this tutorial gave me a good amount of insight on how to set up a good email list. Yes, email lists are the one thing I found works for launching a new podcast. But hey, if you are a Constant Contact person, they have Up and Running with Constant Contact by John Arnold as well. With the Linda membership, you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching, dream thousands of video courses on demand, and learn on your own schedule. Learn at your own pace. Courses are structured so you can watch them from start to finish or to consume them in bite-sized pieces. Jump ahead to what you need to know. Browse each course transcript to follow along or search for an answer and skip to that point in the video. Take notes as you go and refer to them later. Download tutorials and watch them on the go, including access on your iOS device. Create and save playlists of courses you want to watch to customize your learning path or to share with friends, colleagues, and team members. Your Linder membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I want you to visit lynda.com slash TII and sign up for your free 10-day trial. Again, that's lynda.com slash TII. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this episode. Hi, Rob. I podcast from time to time on a show called this after dark and I use my Apple earbuds and microphone with either my iPad mini or my iPhone 6 plus I don't own a PC although my voice isn't too bad the quality could be better can you recommend a microphone to use with an iOS device regards Craig well hi Craig I am currently using the iRig mic HD with my iPhone 6 plus for one of my other shows uh, and that's called Casey startup 411 I record the whole podcast on my iPhone and upload from the iPhone. No computer needed. Check out the latest episode over at kcstartup411.com. You can hear the audio quality. 
And then Craig also asked me if the mic works with Skype. And yes, the answer is that mic does work with Skype. So if you plug that mic into the lightning port into your iPhone 6 Plus and, or six, any lightning port iPhone, it will allow you to talk via Skype through that microphone. Hi, Rob. Jeremy. I'm sure this question has been asked a hundred times, but I just started listening about a couple months ago. I have an iMac, iPad, iPhone, and I cannot figure out how to sync my phone from, for instance, I have a laptop and uh, iMac. If I have iTunes on each of them, can I sync them with each computer? Because it seems like if I sync them on one computer, I'm unable to do it with the other computer. Uh, I'm on the road a lot, so sometimes I like to add new songs to my library, but of course it's synced to my iMac at home, so then of course I can't until I get back home. I don't know if there's a quick solution to this, but any information would be appreciated. Thank you. Hi, Jeremy. Short answer, nope, can't do that. You can't sync one iOS device between two computers, iTunes. They Apple doesn't want you to be able to do that because you could take all the music from one and bring it over to another you what you'll probably want to do is look into iTunes Match, and that allows you to do it via iCloud and wirelessly. But physically connecting your iPhone into one computer and then going taking it and syncing it to another computer, Apple doesn't has never allowed that with iOS devices. Well, iOS device has to be physically synced to a single computer. My recommendation would be sync it to the one that you're mobile with because you'll know that one's always around. Into the email bag. Hi Rob, hope you're well. I wanted to ask you to promote my new app on one of your upcoming episodes. Here is my review of it. I'll give you full liberty to edit my review as you see fit. Well, I probably could have edited that part. Hello fellow Today and iOS fans. Not being able to speak on your own is difficult. Talk for me, text-to-speech, is an app I have developed with the goal of making life easier as well as the life of anyone else who can't speak on their own. There are a lot of existing text-to-speech apps, but some are too expensive to try, while others are lacking in features. Talk for me, text-to-speech is free. Type any text in the main text area, or tap one of the six main custom buttons on your iOS device, and your iOS device will talk for you. Want to set up more custom phrases? Swipe up, and again, for more pages of with custom editable buttons. Need even more? Save phrases in a archive database. This is great for saving partial sentences. A quick swipe left and select a sentence from your archive, and it will appear in the main window ready for you to complete. Once customized, the app will allow for more efficient communication. If you know anyone who may benefit from this app, please let them know about it. Please search my name, Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N, Altman, A-L-T-M-A-N, on the App Store to easily find it, or go to my webpage, mobiletouchtech.com, for a preview video and more information. Thanks, Rob and TII listeners. Regards, Darren. Well, thanks, Darren, for sending in the written review of your app, Talk For Me. And I will go ahead and put a link to that in the show notes for episode 242 over at todayinios.com. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, things are getting better slowly with regards to Apple Pay awareness. Still, I just went through the McDonald's drive-thru and the cashier at the window almost added an apple pie to my order. Oh, well. Thanks for all you do. Mary in Cleveland. Hi, Rob. Like many of your listeners who not only listen to your excellent podcast each week, but also listen to many other podcasts daily and weekly, I find myself fishing for my iPhone from my pocket multiple times a day to select a new podcast as one, as new ones are finishing up. This can be challenging when I am al- already have other things in my hands, like a briefcase, shopping bags, and or dog leashes. I am sure it seems like the situation is screaming out for an Apple Watch app solution, no more fishing for iPhones from your pocket or purse. Only problem is that in all the published literature about the Apple Watch, including everything that I've seen on the website in the Apple Keynotes, I have never seen an icon for the Apple Podcast app on the Apple Watch. This leaves me wondering just how Apple Watch will interface with the podcast app. Have you read or heard anything on this subject from Apple or other sources? 
regards will be Honolulu, Hawaii. Well, I contacted my folks at Apple, and as always, they're not allowed to say anything until anything becomes public. So hopefully that means that, yes, there's something coming with the podcast app, but will you well see? But yeah, definitely the Apple Watch, I, I hope it has a good interface for podcast app. Hi, Rob. I have not heard anything about the use of Apple Watch on airline flights. Will we have to turn off our Apple Watches like our iPhones? Seems like anything with Bluetooth is supposed to be off. Aloha, Bob L. Good point, Bob. I have not heard anything about that yet. I guess we're going to find out if you're flying sometime close to the end of April. Uh, let us know if you hear anything from any flight attendants uh, when you get on the flight with your Apple Watch, if they say you need to turn it off. Hey, Rob. Bob from Springfield, Illinois. couple things. First, does Siri get updated on a regular basis? It seems like uh, I use Siri all the time, and it seems like I ask questions and I get a response back every now and then that uh, I've never heard. And I uh, didn't know if Siri was updated or if there's a way to know that from Apple, the different features they put in. I don't uh, update my iOS very often, and I still get those different uh, different responses. The reason I don't update is because I jailbreak, uh, which, and you posed a question about why do people jailbreak. For me, it uh, used to be several reasons, but now it's one reason, one reason only, and that is for the lock screen. I think the uh, iOS lock screen is severely underutilized. Uh, with jailbreaking, I'm able to use the Telescreen X. I know there's other lock screen programs, but this one uh, is one that I that I particularly like. Without even pressing the home button, if I get a message, I can see the first few lines of the message, plus emails, text messages, the weather, everything else that uh, that I think Apple should have made it. So that's, that's the reason why I jailbreak. And lastly, this involves you. Can you or will you set up a way for users or listeners, I should say, of your show to uh, chip in towards your purchase of the Apple Watch? I know you talked about it and you said you're going to get one, but uh, I want you to get one on day one so that you can talk about it uh, later on day one on your podcast. And I uh, enjoy your show so much. I'd like to uh, help you out and uh, chip in towards your purchase of the Apple Watch. Again, great show. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, Bob. Thanks for the feedback. For the first part of your question about does Siri get updated on a regular basis, uh, he here's one way to say yes. Definitely her responses do get updated on, on a regular basis because we do this now. Watch. What you doing? I'm helping round up jellyfish for the Apple Watch. Ouch. What you doing? Just helping cast ingots and compress billets and blast zirconia beads for the Apple Watch. Ingots and billets and beads? Oh my. So as you can hear, the response to the questions definitely changed from Siri right now. She's giving responses. Not, not all of them are Apple Watch related, but many of her responses right now are about Apple Watch. So clearly something's updating in the back end on how Siri is going to respond based on what Apple wants Siri to kind of have some fun with at that given time. So yes, to your question, things do update even if the OS isn't updating as far as how Siri responds. The functionalities of what Siri can do, that does require some updates. And as we've seen in 8.3 beta 4, there are some additional features that will be available for Siri when 8.3 becomes live. Bob, thanks also for your feedback on jailbreaking and why you do it. And a very special thank you for that last item about Apple Watch and donating some money so I can get an Apple Watch. That's easy enough to do. Go to todayinios.com and scroll down on the right side. You will see a PayPal donate PayPal button. You can always donate to the show at any time you want for the Apple Watch or for any other reason by just going to todayinios.com and clicking on that donate button there. And your donations are greatly appreciated. There were some rumors that a jailbreak for iOS 8.2 was going to be announced this past week at the Mobile Security Summit. But the TAIG jailbreak team did not make that announcement. Rather, they did say that the jailbreak is, quote, constrained by many factors, unquote, and that they hope to have a release of an 8.2 jailbreak as soon as they can. 
as you know, I said to stay away from 8.2 if you want to jailbreak. And at this time, it sounds doubtful they'll actually release an 8.2 jailbreak before 8.3 is released. Or if they do, it will not be much before then. In any case, if you want to jailbreak, you need to be on 8.1.2 or earlier. Don't upgrade to 8.2. And definitely don't go to the 8.3 beta. So stay at 8.1.2 or earlier if you want to jailbreak or continue to be jailbroken. Hopefully they'll have a jailbreak sometime in the near future, but it doesn't sound promising for an 8.2 before 8.3 launches. Hi Rob, just in case you haven't seen this charging stand, my wife and I already pre-ordered ours. I have a Kickstarter original Pebble and love it. However, I will definitely be pre-ordering an Apple Watch. Can you say tech chunky? Anyway, here's the link. Longtime listener regards Dave T. And thanks Dave for the heads up on the Dodo stand for the Apple Watch. Pricing for the pre-order of this is $69.95 with them saying the MSRP will be $99.95. And there was a pop-up on the site when I went to the site that said save 15% right now for new customers. So maybe you can even save 15% off that $69.95. Link in the show notes for episode 342 at todayandios.com. And again, Dave, thanks for the heads up on the Dodo case stand for the Apple Watch. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. If you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a free 10-day trial to their 3,000 plus video tutorials. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring the show and for the free offer. For those in the NCAA pool, if you're looking at the rankings, Robert W. is me, Robert W. 2. is my oldest son, and Robert W. 3. is my youngest son. Currently in first place is Jim Ritter with Kentucky winning it all. And then Jordan Hopper is close behind with Wisconsin winning it all. And there's a couple others, depending on who actually wins the tournament, that have a chance to move up ahead of both of them. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for a new artwork to feature that you have created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, we're looking for more music. I'm almost out. So please, if you created some music on an iOS device, and you want to have the listeners listen to it and have me play it on the show, please send that in. It's your show and your feedback and participation is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayonios.com slash community. And uh, like I said, I'm down to two songs in my queue. So if you have some music you've created on iOS device, please, please, please send that in. For those of you going to NAB and or NMX, I will be at the event. Lipson has a booth. North Hall N7714 is our booth. N7714, which is in the NMX area. And I will be speaking about podcasting on Monday afternoon. So if you are going, please stop by the Lipson booth and say hi. Hope to see you also at my presentation. NAB NMX is in Las Vegas, April 13th to the 16th. Hope to see you there. In about 45 minutes, I'll be climbing into a Casper bed, if all goes well, with the post-production, that is. So a big thanks to Casper.com for their support of TII. And if you go to Casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase, you will save $50 off a mattress shipped right to your door. Again, go to Casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII. And finally, there is the TII app, which is now free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. Please go right now and download the TII app. Did I mention it is free? And for a couple of people that emailed in, sorry this episode's a little bit late. As a longtime listener, you may know I suffer from allergies and I wasn't ready for the allergy season this year and I wasn't taking my meds. I am now back on the meds and taking my local honey and eating my yogurt and doing all the things I do to try to keep the allergy attacks away. So hopefully we won't have any more interruption in the production process of this show due to me not being able to talk because I'm sneezing all the time. Anyway, 
That, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. Oh